Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes. but I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 um, John Singleton died on Monday, I believe, April 29th, and, you know, notable writer, producer, director, uh, wrote, produced, and directed phenomenal movies like Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, um, Shaft, Baby Boy, just a lot of movies that we've probably all seen, um, and so he passed away just this last week. Not very old. He was pretty young. He was only 51 years old. You know, there are all kinds of things that, that you know, roll into, you know, I don't even know what it was that he, he passed away from. Uh, honestly, uh, I haven't read a whole lot. It's just really sad to see someone that young who passes away that is so well known. You know, sometimes we get celebrity deaths that affect us more than others. And both of the deaths that we had this week kind of affected me because I'm a huge fan of pretty much every movie that he that John Singleton wrote and directed and then of course also pictured here is Peter Mayhew who is well known for playing Chewbacca through uh, decades from the first Star Wars in 77 up until I believe he, he played uh, Chewbacca in The Force Awakens was the last movie that he played Chewbacca in so covering a span of almost 30 years of playing this one character and he didn't do a whole lot of other stuff he had a, a few other movies here or there but not a whole lot but again we all knew i mean i would dare say the majority of star wars fans would say that chewbacca is one of their favorite characters in the the star wars universe so but why do i mention this why do we why even bring all this stuff up we have this this desire as humans to just automatically uh, either we do one or two things. We either uh, usher these people immediately into heaven. We start, you know, we start seeing the political cartoons or the cartoons in, in uh, newspapers and, and online of them, you know, God wanting to watch, sit down and watch boys in the hood or something like that, or any number of things. We see them in, pictured at the pearly gates entering into heaven somehow or it's just the opposite and we automatically condemn these people to um well generally usually it's the westboro baptist cult that automatically condemns people to talking about they are in hell it's it's not like it's it's very a very small piece of the population that automatically 
condemns these people. Most of the people just assume the best and they're just going to heaven because they were good people and so on. That doesn't fall in line with the gospel, but that doesn't, that's not the Christian response. I don't know where either of these men, I don't know where they stood with the Lord. I don't know where they, they stood in, in light of salvation. I don't know if they were repentant, if they were believers. I don't know. But I also don't know what happened in the last minutes of their lives leading up to their death and whether or not we have the phenomenal example of the thief on the cross who repents at the very last minute. This man is is on death's door uh, just like Jesus was on the cross next to Christ and he repents. He, he, he repents and he confesses and he, he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. So we don't know. So I never automatically just say rest in peace. I never say anything. I, I say pray for their families. Pray that they were saved. Pray that God is sovereign and in some way God is glorified in this whole situation. And let's remember these guys. Let's honor them for the work that they did. I mean, John Singleton had the two best the two best movies, my favorite movies, Boys in the Hood and Higher Learning, both very politically charged, both both very um, eye opening to to things that truly happened. I mean it was you know, as a, a a white kid from Pueblo, Colorado, when Boys in the Hood came out, um, actually it might have even come out before I moved to Colorado. It may have come out while I was still in Utah. I don't remember. I'd have to look at the exact year that Boys in the Hood came out. Um, but as a fan of hip hop, as a fan of rap, Boys in the Hood was my first look into what was really going on in the the underculture of gangster rap which is what i listened to i was listening to nwa and guys like that x clan and public enemy and, and stuff like that at the time and so it it gave a a look into what was going on in uh south central la in the gangs and a, a very honest look at what was happening and then higher learning again a this the university that he created was this microcosm of the United States and showed a lot of things you know you may not agree with everything and the way that it was laid out and so on but these were things that were truly happening there was at that time and whether it is still or not I'm not going to get into the woke uh, conversation but it showed a, a, a real picture of what was going on in our nation at that time with white supremacy and so on and 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 I could see some of that where I was and so higher learning really kind of was very impacting to me as well um, and then of course Peter Mayhew we have Peter Mayhew playing Chewbacca and and those we we grew up on those and so again I can't I can't condemn either one of the I don't I can't usher them into heaven I can't condemn them to hell because I don't know. I hope for the best and understand that God is sovereign and God knows. And then I just, I honor these guys. You know, I went back today and watched Boys in the Hood. Um, and, you know, I haven't haven't sat down and watched all the Star Wars again. But 
I probably will. I mean, I'm coming off of just coming off of uh, Avengers Endgame, and that was the crazy thing was I came out of Avengers. I want to say Thursday when my wife and I went and saw it, and as we're leaving, uh, I turn on the radio and come here that that Peter Mayhew had died. So after all the the death and emotion of Avengers Endgame, I hear and I, I cried again in my truck. Uh, as I was driving home, hearing that Peter Mayhew had died, I cried when I heard that, that John Singleton had died because both of these men's work, uh, whether it be as actors or directors or writers, impacted me. And so, just as, as Jesus wept when Lazarus died, it, there's nothing wrong with showing emotion when someone like this passes, but it's also important to, from a Christian worldview, look at things uh, realistically, um, but not condemning, I guess is, is the best way we can say it. So, you know, praying for the families of these, these guys, uh, especially, I mean, Peter Mayhew was pretty old and I don't know how prepared his family was for him to pass. Um, you know, it's a little different than to have someone at, at John Singleton's age who, I mean, I'm, I don't know how old all of his kids were, but who there's a difference there's really an impact so not to say especially john singleton's family pray for them but i think there's probably a, a little more need of of comfort and so on this is just my opinion you can at me if you want to uh it's all good um i'm prepared for whatever comments come out especially when i talk about the next person so um we pray for their families. We pray that, that they were repentant and hope that God took these men home. But ultimately, we pray that God is glorified, whether it be in the salvation of these men or the justice that they'll receive when, they're, when they are judged. So, but we, we step away from the celebrity because, again, that's, we, we're so much more. And then we, we step into what, what, do, what do we do when that celebrity is a professing Christian or well-known teacher. And that brings us to the next person. Rachel Hald Evans passed away this week. I, I believe it was just the other day, just May 3rd, I think it was. Um, the second or the third that Rachel Hald Evans passed away. She had been had some serious issues. She had been in a hospital in an induced coma as they were trying to bring her out. She passed. Um, and so in that, we, we find ourselves in a different place because this is someone who was a professed Christian but was, well, was more, more well known for being a false teacher. There were a lot of heretical things that she taught. There were um, just just bad theology all the way around. How do we as Christians react to her death? And I would say it's the same way. And again, I've seen people who uh, just immediately they were like, you know, she's gone and, and that's one less heretic in the world. And I mean, these were the, the comments that I was seeing. On, on Facebook and Twitter and honestly in all reality I subtweeted uh, because and I posted and I've done it a couple other times in different situations but I posted uh, 
I, I forget the, the verse, um, but where Paul is talking about communion. And he says, talk, he's talking about taking communion worthily in a worthy way. And he says, some of you, you need to examine yourself because some of you are taking the communion. And I'm paraphrasing because I didn't pull up the verse and I should have. Uh, but he says, some of you are, are eating and drinking judgment onto yourself and some have even died. And so, you know, was that me immediately offering condemnation? No. That was pointing out the fact that Paul talks about communion. Some people who take communion, and I think there are people who are um, adversaries to the cross, that I would call them enemies of the cross, um, false teachers, heretics, so on, who are proclaiming to be Christian, who are continuing to take communion, who are becoming sick, and some will even die. I can't say 100% that that is the case here. Again, we come back to the place where I hope, I don't know what happened, I don't know what ability she had to recognize and know truth or repent while she's in a coma. Only God knows these things. And so, um, I pray. I really, really do pray that she repented before she passed. Repented of the false teachings and the, the heretical teachings. I pray that. And I know, I mean, I've already opened myself up to a barrage of, of comments of people who are going to be very con condemning to me. And I'm okay with that. I'll take it. It's what I did. It's a tweet that I sent out. I didn't mention her name, anything like that. But I truly believe that there are people who are, are false teachers, who are partaking of the Lord's table, and who are eating and drinking judgment on themselves. They are making themselves, they are becoming sick, they are becoming ill, and some are even dying because they are false teachers, heretics, uh, enemies of the cross, who are continuing to take the Lord's Supper. But back to, I backed up and went backwards there for a minute, but I pray, I do truly pray that Rachel Held Evans repented of the false teaching. <coughs> Excuse me. And I pray that she, uh, sorry, um, I pray for her family, I pray for her husband. <coughs> I pray for everybody involved. But again, the same thing. I pray that she repented. I pray that her family is comforted and taken care of and that ultimately God is glorified in this situation. There one of two one of two things. We know that there is only one of two things that is possible. It is appointed once for man to die and then judgment. So it's either going to be cast to the left with the goats or placed on the right with the sheep and then one or the other, if well, the goats will be cast into hell and the sheep will be welcomed into heaven and, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, enter, the, enter into the joy of thy master. So, again, we don't, we don't speak ill of the dead. It, we just don't. It's not, it's not something that we should do. I mean, we can look at things from a, a reasonable perspective. We can look at guys like Hitler and go, you know, Again, I don't know if he repented. Could Hitler be forgiven of the, the sins that he committed? Absolutely. 
Did he repent? We don't know. We won't ever know until we get there. But from what we know and, and reality sets in, probably not. I could be surprised. I could be wrong. But anybody, anybody, no matter what they did, what false teachings, anything like that, repent, put their trust in Christ, they are going to heaven. Again, I would, I would say the same thing about Joseph Smith. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he went down calling out for help, giving a Masonic symbol, all the things that we know from the history of Joseph Smith's death. But if before that last breath, if he repented of the false teachings that he, he gave, of the lies that he told, of the, the false Christ and false gospel that he presented, if he repented of those things, he would be forgiven and, and we would see him in heaven. So... Again, we come to the same situation. We come to the same conclusion that we do for anybody, whether celebrity, common person, regular Joe on the street, or celebrity, quote-unquote Christian writer. We come to the same place. We say, we don't know. We hope that they repented and put their faith in Christ. We hope that we pray for their family and we expect God to receive glory in whatever uh, outcome of the situation. So, again, join me in that. Please pray for Rachel Held Evans' family. Um, her husband is, has put out a request. Uh, I, I believe, I don't know if it came from her husband or someone else, but um, a GoFundMe to help to provide for you know funeral costs or whatever, medical uh, costs. I mean, this is all very expensive. I don't know how much money she made off of her books. I don't know how much of that is covered, but there's obviously a need. And if you feel so um, inclined, please donate to that. Um, help to provide for that family. Help to provide um, some comfort and some peace. Pray for them and... I would say no matter where you fall and what you think um, was the final outcome for Rachel Held, Held Evans, whether you are just adamantly believing that, that she was a heretic condemned to hell, or if you're on the other side and you are just absolutely thinking that she was, you know, spot on and she is, you know, right there in heaven, I would say neither one of those are, are beneficial um, to the truth. We pray for, for God to be sovereign in the situation. And that's the best we can do. And that way, again, we are maintaining that uh, consistent worldview that we portray. And, and again, all this is going to be wrapped up into one nice little ball when we get to the end of the next section of what we're going to talk about. So, again, uh, memoriam... Uh, honor for whatever honor is due uh, to John Singleton, Peter Mayhew, and Rachel Held Evans. Uh, again, I don't believe she was a, a, a true teacher. I believe she was a false teacher. I would not recommend her books or anything to anybody, but she's an image bearer of God. And in that much, we can somehow honor her in her death. Um, by praying for her family and so on. So, 
Now we get to get into the spoilers, and we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. I know that's a really weird transition from talking about people, uh, celebrities, and so on who died to Avengers Endgame. But uh, if you if you've seen Avengers Endgame, you know where the two tie in. And uh, if not, I'm going to tell you now. Tomorrow is supposedly the the lift on the spoilers. There's going to be a lot of spoilers in the the Spider-Man Far From Home uh, trailer that's supposed to come out tomorrow. Giving uh, away some of the plot lines in Avengers Endgame. Uh, I'm a guy, I don't care about spoilers. And this is what I I really, what I initially was going to talk about this week. Because it was a a huge thing over the, the, the past week. Hearing about people getting beat up for sharing spoilers. A guy in China on, on opening night coming out of the theater as people are standing in line to go in and he comes out, starts shouting spoilers and he got beat up bad. Um, I had intended to find a picture and put a picture of him up, but with the different circumstances that came up, I, I wanted to, to again, honor those who have passed this week by putting up their pictures and not a picture of the guy who got beat up. Um, I guess I could put in more pictures in my, my podcast, but, you know, I didn't. So three pictures is all you get. That's it. That's the, that's the limit. So I don't care about spoilers, but we're hearing about people getting beat up on multiple stories. Of, there's a one in China that I heard initially. There's a couple in the States of people getting physically assaulted and, and beat up, hurt, because they shared spoilers of this movie. Um, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's a little over the top. Um, I, again, I'm a guy that don't, I don't care about spoilers. I'm the guy that goes and reads the last page of the book before I go back and read the rest of it because I like to know how things end. And then, for me, the, the, the joy is in the journey to how we get to the end of the book. And I like to know how it ends. Again, I've seen seen or read Hamlet well over 150 times, and yet I will still go back and see it and enjoy it. It's not destroyed for me. I, I made a, a joking uh, tweet this morning uh, talking about I went and saw Avengers on Thursday, and then I went again and saw it on Saturday. And um, the comment I made was, you know, for those of you who intend to see the movie twice, just know that that first time, they reveal everything. No spoiler alerts whatsoever. And I went back on Saturday and the whole thing was ruined for me because I had seen it all and knew everything that was going to happen. You know, kind of ridiculous, but it is, in a sense, the same issue that we have. So I knew a bunch of the spoilers before I went into the movie. Um, and it didn't ruin the movie for me in any way. Knowing, and here you go, this is this is your opportunity. I'm giving spoilers right now. So this is your opportunity to mute for the next four minutes or come back and finish it up. We are at the 23 minute 41 second mark. Uh, so at 23.50, spoilers are coming in. You can come back and pick up in however many days after you see the movie. There you go. There's your spoiler warning. So, 
I knew that Tony Stark was going to die at the end. I didn't know how. I didn't know that uh, Black Widow was going to die on Vormir uh, to give herself to get the stone. And I knew it was going to be between her and, and Hawkeye. And But I didn't know how. I didn't know. I mean, my theory was that he was going to want to do it. And she was going to say, you know, you've got a family and convince him. Um, because, again, it, it, the way it was laid out by Red Skull was you had to sacrifice something. And it was, and, and so the way I kind of understood it would be Barton would have to literally throw uh, Black Widow off um, the cliff in order to get the stone. The way it played out, it was really a self-sacrifice um, call it a suicide, if you will, but it was a self-sacrifice on her part. She did everything to keep him from going, and actually, if you watch, it wasn't that he dropped her. Um, she kicked off and forced him to let go. So it wasn't really him sacrificing her to get the stone. She sacrificed herself. But I was wrong in that. I was wrong in how my theory, and then I wasn't sure how Tony was going to you know, and everything. But I knew he was going to be the one who was going to fix it. I didn't know it was going to be with a snap, with the, the stones. I didn't know how it was going to be. I, I kind of figured out as we were getting close to the end. I absolutely knew when, even before Thanos put the glove, the gauntlet back on and, and snapped and nothing happened, I I saw just the way that Tony grabbed it. I knew that he had got those stones. He was going to put it in and that was going to be, he was going to do a snap of some kind and do something. So, but again, so many things in there. What's so emotional uh, from the very beginning with Tony talking to Pepper on the, the um, helmet recording um, up through them killing Thanos the first time, the whole thing. Oh, um, Scott Lang's reun re reunion with his daughter. Um, I cried like a baby. Uh, as you go through Thor's conversation with his mom, teared up then. I don't think I really cried then, but I did. Tony's interaction with his dad. All these things. All, man, such a masterful movie. So again, this is this is also Norm's movie review for you, and talking about the spoilers. But so just the way they tied everything together, just so well. Uh, one plot line issue that I came up with, um, and I haven't heard it anywhere else. Um, I've heard you know Ben Shapiro talked about. I think talked about some some plot lines. I didn't listen to the whole thing. Um, because I just, I, I'm like, I don't, I really don't care. Um, Ben didn't like it. I did like it. So at that point I was just like, I zoned out and his opinion is his opinion. And that's great. My opinion is my opinion. You probably don't care. But, uh, so here's the deal. Here's my one plot plot hole, I guess you can call it. Um, and I actually kind of figured it out, but, um, the end of the of the movie as they're showing people and they're moving on and so on. They show Peter Parker going back to school. 
and Ned is there and they, you know, do their handshake and they hug and, and they do that whole thing. And, but it's been five years. They snapped them back to the point in time five years later, not right after they were gone. And so if everything is laid out the way it was, half of Peter's class was dusted away the other half was still there and went on and graduated and they're, they're, they're long gone. So I don't know if Far From Home is going to address that. And I figure, you know, well, when they're all snapped back, they're just going to have that class has to go back and finish up, you know, uh, go through the rest of, of school and, and finish out where wherever they were. So... We'll see if, if the, I don't know if the Russo brothers are directing Far From Home or not, but we'll see if they address that in Far From Home, if that that issue is addressed. That was the only thing I really ran into that, that kind of bothered me, um, I guess you could say. But here here's the biggest thing, and it, it's already happening. And again, we look at all this stuff from a Christian worldview and, and what should we do with these things as Christians. Um a lot of blasphemy in this movie. A lot of GDs and stuff like that. A lot more swearing in this movie. Um, not that most of it bothers me. I don't care about the S-bombs or whatever. It's the it's the blasphemy that, that really kind of irritates me. But I understand if I'm going to be in the world and I'm going to go see movies, I, I, I'm going to have to deal with that. And so um, now I, I, I lost my train of thought because that popped up. So, oh, here, and, and, you, and I noticed it in this picture, and it's why I use this picture here. Um, you've got Tony and the arm stretched out and so on, and I know that there are a whole bunch of churches right now, and they may have already done it, pastors who are preparing sermons and they are going to compare Tony Stark to Jesus and they're going to make the connection and they're going to be, you know, they're going to talk about, and they're essentially going to exegete Avengers Endgame rather than preaching the gospel and teaching the word of God. And I'm just going to say right now, pastor, if that is you and that is your inclination, stop it. Just stop it. And I'm guilty of this. I am guilty of this. Back in the day when I pastored in Colorado, I exegeted Erwin McManus, who is another false teacher. And, a, and I don't know if I'm, I'm going to go as far as to call him a heretic, but um, right in the Rachel Held Evans camp with very liberal theology, very loose uh, theology, um, not good um, but I exegeted his entire book The Barbarian Way I did a sermon series on that book not scripture but I mean I found some scriptures and I threw them in and I, I worked them in but I was not exegeting the word of God and so when I when I talk about this my there are fingers pointing at myself and I've repented for the times that I actively exegeted things other than God's word to my flock that God had entrusted me with because in that moment I failed them and I would say to you pastor if you are considering preaching a, a sermon on Avengers Endgame comparing Tony Stark to Jesus don't please don't 
I mean, if, if, if you can bring in a sermon illustration of some kind from this, fantastic. As long as you're doing the word, you know, I mean, our, our pastor talks about Aragorn and, and, and Harry Potter and you name it. He talks about it and, and, and there's, that's okay. As long as you are bringing something in to support the scripture to, uh, as you're exegeting the scripture. But if you are actively exegeting something other than God's word, like Avengers Endgame, and you are shoving, you know, if you're going, hey, there you go, Tony Stark died for all of mankind, I'm going to make a sermon out of that. Don't. But if you're preaching, um, you know, 1 Peter 3, 18, it's where I think we were, where it talks about Jesus died once for all, um, and you can go, you know, kind of like Tony Stark did in, you know, we see this in, in, in entertainment and you do this. Okay, if that's if that's the, the illustration you're going to go to, fine. But do not exegete the movie. Don't. Please don't. Please don't. Exegete the Word of God. Go to the Bible. Find a, a, a book of the Bible and go verse by verse through it and preach the Word. Exegete the Word. And use whatever illustrations God provides for you as you preach that word. But don't. Don't. Please don't. Uh, exegete movies. Um, especially if you're going to give away spoilers to your, to your congregation. Because you might get beat up. I hope not. That's probably not true. But um, if, you have a, if you have a good flock, they're not going to beat you up. They, they, they may be mad. But hopefully... No one's going to get beat up for sharing spoilers from the pulpit. That would be my hope. But so what, how does all this tie together? How do we, how do we bring this and land this plane? Ultimately it is in this, that we need to be consistently and constantly preaching the gospel. You know, again, we're not exegeting movies. We're not exegeting books. We're exegeting the scripture and we're bringing the gospel in to our, the, the flock we're, and, and whether it's our flock or whether it's evangelism on the street or whether it's conversations with your coworkers, we need to be sharing the gospel because that's the only way that we're going to know if we are, are sharing the gospel with people and trusting in, in God's Holy Spirit and God's sovereignty to know. Um, and then even in then, we, we may never know. If you're an evangelist on the street, like like a Ray Comfort or uh, like I do once in a while, um, a couple times a month, whether Aaron um, Shafawalov, I think that's how he pronounces his last name. I'm getting closer. I've heard him say it a couple times. Um, or... You know, Jeff Durbin and Apologia, where they're out and they're sharing the gospel, but at abortion clinics and temples and uh, LDS churches and so on. Um, we may never know. We may never know what the impact of our preaching of the gospel has on those people, but maybe we will. It might be somebody that we have a conversation with that, um, just hearing noises out in the other room. Um, so it may be somebody that we have our friends with, that we have conversations with, that 
we can see the fruit in keeping with repentance from these people when we share the gospel with them. We can see them uh, repentant and, and putting their trust in Christ. We may see these things and we may be able to go, I'm fully convinced that that person is saved. But if we don't preach the gospel, then some people, I mean, God is sovereign. God is going to draw all of his elect to himself. He's going to use somebody to share the gospel with those who he has determined will be saved. And we should be the, we should be doing that. We should be sharing the gospel um, with everybody that we can. And that way, we at least we can say, you know, as, as Spurgeon says, if people are going to go to hell, and I'm going to botch this quote as well, but let them go with our arms wrapped around their ankles, trying to persuade them to believe the gospel of Christ. There's a, a nutshell quote from Spurgeon that is bad. Um, but we share the gospel with the intent of, of hoping that people will, will be saved. And that's why we share the gospel. And that's why I say at the end of every one of these episodes, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.